Man, 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 woman, woman, woman. Woof, mind blown. Whoa, just went and seen one of the best concerts I have ever seen in my life. And I've been to a lot. I try to go to as many concerts as I can, whether schedule-wise, financial-wise, whatever. I love music. I love the environment of a concert. It is one of my not even guilty pleasures, just one of those things in life that I absolutely love. It's right up there with sports. Music, sports have always been hand in hand with me ever since growing up. I was never at a basketball court without music. I was never at a game, even covering it as a journalist without headphones, even in the pregame or, you know, the warmups while I'm waiting, always listening to something, getting ready for whatever I'm doing. And it's motivation to me. You know, I use music pretty much like a spiritual outing every single day of my life. Same thing I use sports in the same way I use Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And hopefully, you know, you do the same thing with music sports. Hopefully, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. That would make me happy. Put a smile on my face. But the show last night, high school reunion tour, Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, Too Short, Warren G, Burner, and DJ Drama was the DJ July 21st at Tinley Park. Wow. Wow is all I can say. And everybody that I saw that had went to it, you know, they post on Facebook too, just like I did. And everybody absolutely loved it or called it the best concert top five that they'd ever went to. And man, I don't see how it wasn't. Snoop, amazing. Wiz, amazing. Two top-notch performers. Not only did they perform their songs, they performed. Stage presence getting the crowd involved the whole time. And you get there 5, 5.30, a show was supposed to start at 6. DJ Drama came out, which I was very, very happy that he was there. I've listened to tons of his mixtapes, been a huge fan of DJ Drama. To have him as the DJ was absolutely fantastic. And he did his thing throughout the whole night. Like, it was DJ Drama at his finest, which was amazing for me as a DJ Drama fan. Show starts roughly 7 o'clock. Over by, I'm going to say like 10.30, got all those acts in, got all their best songs, some songs that you didn't think they were going to play, but they did, some new songs, some shout outs at Lady of Rage, she had done a couple songs with Death Row, Murder Was The Case, she had her own song called Afro Puffs, Murder Was The Case that they gave me, the actual whole song title from Snoop and I believe 94 or 95 after or during he was going through a murder trial. Lady of Rage was on that. At first, I thought it was the brat. And then I'm looking and I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not the brat. Hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, Lady of Rage's part on the song. And then Snoop said it. I'm like, okay, okay. You know, time changes. Even though she still had the Afro puffs and things like that. We're in Chicago area. Thought for a second it was the brat. And she spelled out her name during the performance. She spelled out the brat. D-A-B-R-A-T. So I was like, hold on. Is it her? But then as you know, it kept going. It really wasn't. It was just her giving a shout out, which was super cool. And I have to give all the props in the world. First of all, old school guys, Warren G, Too Short, fantastic. You know, did their classics, did their spiel, their way of living, their way of music that they've been doing forever now. Too Short, 57, Warren G, 52. Yes, I Googled in the middle of the concert just to see how old they were. Snoop Dogg, man. His catalog of music, obviously, he's a pioneer, he's an icon, he's a pop cultural icon, legend, knew all that, obviously, who doesn't? 
but just the genres of music that he can go to. And he didn't necessarily on the concert, but right before I just hit this record button, I was getting ready, doing some stuff around the house, listening to Snoop Dogg on various platforms, hit it on Spotify that this is Snoop Dogg playlist that they have on Spotify. And he is just all over the place. He's in EDM music, Hispanic music, rap and hip hop, of course, R&B, country, Dude is everywhere, does his thing. Much love and props to Snoop Dogg. And man, his concert was just phenomenal. If I could do that again, I would. And I probably will. That'd be amazing. The toughest decision I had to make was, do I go golfing today or do I do a podcast? I'm just kidding. It wasn't that difficult. Had to put this episode out because we got to add our Shakespearean tales to the pod waves. It is July 22nd. Man, the summer's flying by. School's right around the corner, like a month away, three weeks away for school to start. And then we get back into all the fun stuff that we do on a regular basis. Of course, referee, umpire, at games as a journalist for newspapers, broadcasts on radio, and of course, the podcast, talking to everybody about things that they love to do and the amazing performances that they're doing on a nightly basis. It's a Saturday. Just talking about music and sports, so this pod is going to mix music and sports. Our guest, DeKalb cross-country coach Mike Wolf, and two of his top runners from last season, Riley Newport, is a senior, or was a senior, graduated from DeKalb High School in late May, and sophomore Jacob Barraza, who's going to be a junior for the Barbs next year. Spoke with all three of them after Newport and Barraza went to state in cross country. Both of them also, this was after we spoke, went to state in track. So we'll talk about all that. And then the music portion of this is we got Bring It Back. Tupac's All Eyes On Me, the double disc from 1996. And ironically enough, we're going to do the show right after I was at a Snoop Dogg Warren G concert. Hmm. I am Brandon Lachance, your host of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, which you can listen to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website rss.com backslash podcast. That is with an S. It's plural. Backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. On the socials, you know we're there. Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Twitter, Edge of Your CP. If you'd like to check out my socials, add me as a friend. Follow me. My personal one, Brandon Lachance on Facebook. Lachance is spelled L-A Chance with a capital C. Twitter is at Lachance Writer. L-A Chance Writer. Follow me. I'd appreciate it. And I'll probably follow back. On Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please, five star, a million stars. Like, love, comment interact as much as possible, helps us move up rankings, helps us do what we're trying to do, share the spotlight of what people are accomplishing, earning, just crushing it in Illinois, Northern and Central style. If you have any questions, suggestions, you want to be a guest, know somebody that would be a good guest, like or dislike something I or a guest said, or you'd like to sponsor with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, please send an email to edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. As always, much love, appreciation to Brian Cavelli, Cavelli Productions for the intro and outro beat on every single episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. 
And like I said, we are at 281. Woof, we're getting up there. We're almost at 300. Crucial, crucial. Put them out there trying to, again, spotlight, highlight everything that everybody is doing because there are amazing people, amazing feats, amazing schools, amazing teams, lots of gold, gems, diamonds in the rough, which I hear a lot. Every season I hear, hey, we got a diamond in the rough here. We got a diamond in the rough there. Our whole area is kind of like a diamond in the rough. If you go to West Coast, you go to New York, you go to Florida and say, Mendota, LaSalle, Peru, Princeton, Ottawa, DeKalb, Roanoke Benson. Edge of Your Seat podcast covers 48 high schools and all of them in different locations will be, hmm, where's that? Is that a rural area? Is that in the middle of nowhere? Maybe, map-wise, compared to Chicago, compared to St. Louis, maybe, but a lot of great things happening right here, and that's why Edge of Your Seat Podcast is here to promote everything. And to help us do that, to help bring you Edge of Your Seat Podcast, the show is brought to you by First State Bank, 19 locations in Central and Northern Illinois. Great people, they know what they're doing bank-wise, I've been banking there since 2011, and I'm not going anywhere. Very happy with what they do, their policies, everything about First State Bank. I recommend, highly recommend, that you bank there as well. Guest, senior Riley Newport and sophomore Jacob Barraza tore it up on the cross-country courses and on the track for track and field in the spring. First in the fall for cross-country, senior Riley Newport. Started by winning a regional in 15 minutes, 28.4 seconds. He gets to the Lake Park sectional. He wins that to 14 minutes, 50.1 seconds. Whew, I can never run that fast on the best day of my life. And at state, he takes seventh in class 3A. That is crazy tough, crazy proud props to Riley Newport for this. 15 minutes, 05 0.11 seconds for a seventh place finish at state. Man, mad props, mad props. Jacob right behind Riley the entire time. Pretty much running partners. They talk about it when we chatted for Jacob at the McChesney Park Regional that Riley won. Jacob finishes second at 15 minutes, 33.2 seconds. At the Lake Park sectional, he is second, 15 points, 10.8 seconds. At state, he takes 27th with 15 minutes, 31.65 seconds. We talked to them after this had happened, and then the track season came up. For Riley Newport, in the 1600, he earned a 7th place medal with a 4 minute, 15.18 second run. Jacob Barraza didn't medal, but he did finish 21st in the 1600 as both of them qualified for the state tournament. They also qualified in the 1600 relay that finished 22nd at the state meet. Senior LeBrian Carrington led off, then Barraza ran, then senior Ethan Tierney, and the anchor was Riley Newport. Fantastic season for Newport, Barraza, and the DeKalb Barbs cross-country and track teams. Super excited for you to hear them speak about their cross-country season and what they thought about track coming up. Have you heard the news? First State Bank is the first to offer Quillo. Quillo is an online personal loan officer that allows you to apply for a loan in just minutes. Need to replenish your checking account? Pay off a high interest credit card. 
or take that vacation you have always wanted? Check out Quillo on the First State Bank website using your phone, tablet, or PC. It won't impact your credit score to apply. There are no fees, no penalties, and payments you can't afford. You'll need a First State Bank checking account, but have no worries. You can apply for one of those online also. Check out FSB's premier account that pays higher interest for doing just a few routine activities. Go to firststatebank.biz today to see how you can get a Quillo loan with a new or existing checking account. First State Bank is member FDIC and equal housing lender. The Edge of Your Seat podcast studio has been jamming the last week or so for Bring It Back. Bring It Back is where we bring back the masterful storytelling, adventure-going narrations, depictions, all those great things that a musical novel, aka an album, bring to you. The Rolling Stone magazine came out with the top 500 albums of all time list in September of 2020. And I wanted to break it down. So that's what we've been doing. We've been doing four albums at a time. We'll put them in a poll and you pick which one we listen to. So it'll be on Twitter. It'll be on Facebook with the four albums at that time. We started at 500 and we are now in the 430s as Tupac's All Eyes on Me double disc album from 1996 was number 436. He defeated number 435, Pet Shot Boys with Actually from 1987. 434 was Pavement with Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain from 1994. And at 433 was LCD Sound System, Sound of Silver in 2007. Tupac blew away this poll. Pet Shot Boys was second, but a very, very, very far second. But to say I didn't know about this Tupac album or that it would win like this, eh, that'd be a huge lie. Tupac, icon, legend. A lot of people have him in their top five or their best rapper of all time. Uh, This album, historic, iconic, legendary, and we will get into all of that. So for this to win, not surprising at all. And my childhood goes back to this. This album came out, I was 10 years old. As I'm getting my listening to music ears attached to my head, my brain, and I was in an environment where rap, hip-hop was what was the thing. Even though it was mid-90s, I wasn't in an environment with alternative rock or country music or things like that. Everywhere I was at, everybody I was around, the neighborhood that I was in, everywhere that I was at, it was hip-hop, it was rap, it was that time. And as soon as this album came out, it was absolutely connected to everything. I don't know about your area, but in the Rockford, DeKalb area, it was played at every restaurant, bowling alley, buses, stores, taxis, at high school, basketball games, and everyone in the school, again, I was 10, either borrowed or stole the album from their brothers, sisters, mom, dads, other friends, cousins, who knows, but everybody had it. It was everywhere, everywhere. We were listening to this Tupac album. At that time, Tupac as a person, artist, actor, he was everywhere as well. Not just his album, but just him. Court cases, being shot, is in the hospital. He was in the news pretty much every day, whether it was for something negative or positive. We'll dive into Tupac first, then we'll get into the album. Then we will talk about the songs and rank them as we like to do on Edge of Your Seat podcast. If you're a Tupac fan, you may know all about him. 
countless documentaries, films, songs from other people, stories, interviews with his mom, his family members, his best friends. If you're a Tupac fan, you may know everything that I say here. But maybe, hopefully, I add something that you might not have known. Let's have a chat with Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping, and then we'll be back to talk about Tupac. Believe it or not, sunny weather is here. This means you'll want your lawn looking just as good as the sun rays feel. Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping is the definition of lawn beautification. The company offers tree removal, lawn care, stump grinding, and spring and fall cleanup to residential and commercial customers. Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping is fully insured and offers a senior citizen discount. Call 815-878-7504 for a free estimate from Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping. And I don't know about you, but after I'm working on the yard, or even when I'm watching someone else do the outdoor manicuring, I get hungry. Coming soon to Little Joe's Gaming Cafe is a kitchen serving a variety of good eats. Go to Little Joe's located at 713 Illinois Ave in Mendota or call 815-538-4900 for more information. Tupac and Machiavelli were his stage names. Tupac Amaru Shakur became his legal name. But the name on his birth certificate was actually Lassane Parrish Crooks. Born on June 16, 1971 in East Harlem, Upper Manhattan, New York. At one Age one, Lassane became Tupac, T-U-P-A-C, which then as a rapper became the numeral two hyphen P-A-C. But Tupac, T-U-P-A-C, was born to his mother, Afeni Shakur, and she said, I wanted him to have the name of revolutionary indigenous people in the world. I wanted him to know he was part of a world culture and not just from a neighborhood as the name Tupac came from 1700 Spain. Tupac had an older stepbrother named Mo Prim and a two-year younger sister, Sakua. He had a revolutionary name from revolutionist parents. Afeni and Tupac's biological father, Billy Garland, were active in the Black Panthers in the 1960s and 70s. A month before Tupac's birth, Afeni was tried in New York for over 150 charges because of Black Panther ties or things that they were involved in. She was acquitted of all of the charges. But it is well known about her drug addiction throughout Pac's entire life, especially as a kid. Tupac's stepfather, Mutulu, spent four years on the FBI's most wanted list. Convicted in 1986 of a 1981 robbery for a Brinks armored truck in which an officer and a guard were killed. Tupac's godfather, Elmer Pratt, was convicted of murdering a teacher in 1968. 27 years later, the conviction was overturned as evidence of innocent was concealed by prosecution during the original trial. Tupac's godmother, Asadi Shakur, convicted of first-degree murder of a New Jersey state trooper. She is still wanted by FBI agents in 2023. That's Tupac's upbringing, his role models, the people that were around him. As we continue to dive into Pac's story and who he was as a person, it all makes sense. We're all products of an environment and that was his environment. Let me say a legend's name correctly, Tupac Shakur, not Shakur. 
Sorry, rest in peace, Tupac Shakur. Tupac Shakur. Moving forward. In 1984, the Shakur family moved from Harlem, Manhattan, to Baltimore, Maryland. Tupac was in 10th grade, transferred to the Baltimore School for the Arts, where he studied acting, poetry, jazz, ballet, and he was in Shakespeare plays. So not only do we got a Shakespearean podcast, but we got a Shakespearean subject, Tupac, on Bring It Back. If you paid attention to pop culture in the 1990s, whether film or music, it is well known that Tupac became friends with Jada Pinkett in high school. They both went to Baltimore School for the Arts. If you don't know, Jada Pinkett is Will Smith's wife, who Will Smith smacked Chris Rock in defense of Jada Pinkett. Long story, we talk about it on the podcast quite a few times. It was the major milestone of like the last two years, Will Smith just smacking Chris Rock. Anyway, Tupac won rap competitions in school. So he's already known as a lyricist or somebody that could become a famous rapper while in high school. But what was cool about him or weird, however you want to look at it, Tupac was known for listening to other musicians, other genres, as he listened to Kate Bush, Culture Club, U2, and Sinead O'Connor. In 1988, family moved once again, this time to Marin County, California, which is in the San Francisco Bay Area. He became a student at Tampulus High School, known as TAM. Tupac did not graduate, but later on, he went and got his GED. Surf Internet's fast fiber internet is more reliable and 25 times faster than cable. Unlike other local providers, we're proud to provide transparent, all-in pricing that includes equipment fees and taxes. With speed packages starting at $35 a month, you'll get a free modem, free expert installation, and free whole home Wi-Fi on most plans. Plus, no contracts and no data caps at a price that's locked in for life. Go to surfinternet.com to learn more or call 844-955-SURF for details. That's 844-955-SURF. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. In 1989, Tupac wasn't Tupac. He started recording under the stage name MC New York. This was news to me. I never knew he had another name besides Tupac. His first manager was Lila Steinberg. She hosted poetry classes. Tupac attended them. They began a relationship of manager and artist early on in his career, the start of his career. Was then in a rap group called Strictly Dope which then became signed with the same manager of Digital Underground. That manager is like, hey, we should move Tupac into Digital Underground, where he became a roadie and a backup dancer. He debuted with Digital Underground in 1991. If you're not familiar with Digital Underground, at least the name, they are famous for their song, The Humpty Dance. Through 1988-1991, Digital Underground produced Strictly Dope's music, kind of like behind the scenes. And then they were kind of lost. Nobody knew what had happened to them. They were rediscovered in 2000 and released in the Lost Tapes circa 1989. Afeni Shakur, Tupac's mom, sued to stop the release. In June of 2001, however, they were released anyway after the suit had been dropped or, you know, beat. It was titled Beginnings, colon, The Lost Tapes, 1988 to 1991. 
through Digital Underground, Tupac met Randy Stretch Walker, his brother Majesty, and they had a friend. They became the Live Squad. Tupac's first solo album came out in November 1991 called Two Apocalypse Now. Very political, very current event-ish. And that's what Tupac wanted to do, just to say, hey, I know what's going on. I see everything. In 1993, he formed the group Thug Life and got Thug Life chatted on his chest, I think right after the forming of this. In Thug Life was Big Psych, Macadocious, Moprim Shakur, which is Tupac's brother, and an artist named Rated R. Also in 1993, Tupac meets somebody named Notorious B.I.G., a famous rapper from New York. They meet in LA and they become friends. They would exchange, go into each other's cities, going to clubs together, performing on stages. Tupac actually, if he had a show in New York and Biggie was there, would call him on stage to join him. And they recorded two songs together, Running From The Police and House of Pain. And actually at one point, Big, Notorious B.I.G., had asked Tupac to be his manager. Tupac said, you know what? I'm kind of busy. I'm doing a lot of things. However, there's this guy I know. His name's Sean Combs, a.k.a. Puff Daddy, a.k.a. P. Diddy, a.k.a. Diddy, who would make you a star. October 1993, Tupac is arrested in Atlanta for shooting two off-duty cops. Aggravated assault, two charges, they were both dropped. November of 93, Tupac and two others charged with sodomy in New York as they took a woman to a hotel and she said that they did stuff to her that she didn't consent to. Also charged with carrying an illegal firearm. So Tupac, even though he's making great music, he is in his 20s. Born in 71, 91, he's 20, 93, he's 22, 94, 23, 95, 24. See where we're going here? He's still a young dude with all this attention and he's only gaining more. In early 1994, Tupac served 15 days in jail. So he was guilty of assault. He was slated to star in the 1993 film Menace to Society. A good movie. I watched it a lot when I was younger. Tupac was replaced after allegedly assaulting a film director. So he wasn't happy about something. Starts fighting a film director or jumps him or beats him up. Gets put in jail for 15 days and loses the role of a pretty solid movie. But we'll find out. Tupac was already in a bunch of solid movies and more after 1993. November 30th, 1994. Tupac is shot at Quad Studios. This is the most famous shooting in history besides JFK and Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Tupac right underneath them. At least this one. The other one might be in the same realms as those other ones. The other one is in the end of Tupac. We'll get there. We'll get there. You already know, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Timeline of the story here. But November 30th, 1994, shot at Quad Studios. Three men robbed and beat him at gunpoint, then shot him. Tupac was saying it was a setup, that he was supposed to meet somebody there. They knew he was going there and wanted to rob him and try to end his life. He ended up recuperating at Jasmine Guy's home, Jasmine Guy actress at that time. They became friends during Pac's guest appearance on TV sitcom A Different World in 1993. The very next day after the shooting, so he recuperates at Jasmine Guy's home, 
goes to the hospital real quick, leaves the hospital unwarranted, wasn't told he could leave. He's just like, hey, I'm out. Shows up to court December 1994, December 1st, for the sodomy charges that were placed against him. He was acquitted of three counts of sodomy, however, convicted of two counts of first-degree sex abuse. In other words, they're trying to send him to prison. In a 1995 Vibe interview, Vibe magazine, huge in the 1990s, not so much anymore as magazines are not as big or prevalent. Actually, some, I just saw that the source only comes out like once or twice a year. I used to get it every month, but maybe it stopped doing that because I stopped getting it every month and thousands of other people. But in this 95 Vibe interview, he accuses Puff Daddy, Notorious B.I.G., Jimmy Henchman for the shooting at Quad Studios. So he finally comes out and says, hey, this is what I think happened. I was set up and it was by them. I was supposed to meet somebody here. They were there. We were going to do a song. And all of a sudden, I'm getting robbed and shot in New York. It had to have been them. Then he goes and lists his friends. Like, hey, these are the people that were there for me when I was in the hospital after the shooting. They've been there for me. That's Jada Pickett. Jasmine Guy, Tretch from Naughty by Nature, Mickey Rourke, Madonna. Madonna actually later comes out and says that her and Tupac were dating. I didn't know that one either. Guess I didn't pay attention to the tabloids in 1995. But Madonna said that they were dating. And I don't really doubt it. Other people unsurprisingly or surprisingly on Tupac's friend list. Not surprisingly. Mike Tyson, Chuck D of Public Enemy. Seemed like two people that would be in Tupac's side or Tupac would have run-ins with. Definitely. Two people that were friends that I wouldn't suspect, Jim Carrey and Alanis Morissette. Jim Carrey and Tupac got to know each other as Tupac was on In Living Color in 1993. And Alanis Morissette was supposed to open a restaurant with Tupac, Snoop Dogg, and Suge Knight. It never went through. Never happened. But there was plans. In February 1995... Tupac is sentenced to 18 months to four and a half years for sexual abuse that he was convicted of. I think he was served two or two and a half years for the charges. The bail was set for three million. One of the guys in the case, because it was him and two other guys, was not jailed. Pac thought, hey, this is a setup too. Tupac also thought that the accuser, the woman in this situation, was connected to two others that were behind the 1994 shooting. So he thinks the shooting, the sex abuse conviction are all connected and people are trying to set him up to take him out of the rap game or out of life. While Tupac is incarcerated, things get pretty crazy outside of life. First, Afeni, his mother, is to lose her home. She can't pay the bills and is about to lose the home. Tupac also gets married April 29th, 1995, while in prison, to Keisha Morris. However, it was annulled 10 months later, like it never happened. But while Afeni was trying to figure out what is going on with her home and how to keep it, Tupac tells Morris, his then wife, hey, can you contact Shug Knight and see if he can help us? Shug Knight almost immediately gives Afeni $15,000 to help her with her home. Tupac then signs a deal with Death Row Records, which Suge Knight owned and ran at that time, on September 16th, 1995. A three-album deal. Tupac was bonded out October 12th, right after the deal is signed. He's bonded out, 
by Suge Knight of the maximum security facility that he was at, Danamora Clinton Correctional Facility. Suge Knight, the CEO of Death Row, posted $1.4 million for his bond. Whew! $1.4 million to get him out. So that was part of the three-album deal. Like, hey, I'm going to give you $1.4 million. I'm going to get you out of prison. You just get me three albums. Okay, deal. Then things start getting heated once Tupac gets out. 1995, Notorious B.I.G. and Puffy, Sean Combs, drop a song called Who Shot Ya? Obviously pointed at Tupac. Tupac then comes back with Hit Him Up, a famous, famous, famous song that is kind of on the B-sides of All Eyes on Me. It's not on the album. It was released solo, not on this album, and then put on another album after this. But it was created while All Eyes on Me was being created. Also in 1995, Tupac and the mother of Kweed Walker Teal settled on a wrongful death suit between $300,000 and $500,000. In 1992, Tupac performed at an outdoor festival. A conflict started. Tupac pulls out a gun. It drops and discharges a shot that lands in the forehead of six-year-old Khalid as he is on his bicycle. Tragic, tragic, tragic accident. Wrongful death. No gun was pointed at him. Nothing like that. But still, gun fired, shot, killed a six-year-old. Settled for between three hundred and five hundred thousand. September seventh, nineteen ninety six, Tupac is in Las Vegas celebrating his friend's birthday. He attends a Bruce Seldon versus Mike Tyson fight at MGM Grand with Suge Knight. If you know anything about Tupac, you know anything about his life or the end of his life, you're gonna know everything I'm about to say. But hey, let's go over it together. There was a confrontation with a Crip member in the lobby, tried to take the death row chain off of somebody else and Tupac's crew at a shopping mall a week or so prior to this. So a run-in of two people that know each other, that don't like each other. Tupac is involved because it's his group, his gang member. So there's a fight in the lobby. Tupac leaves. He goes to his hotel room. He meets Shug Knight to go to Club 662, which is the death row records nightclub. At 11 p.m., bike cops, cops on bikes, stopped Tupac and Suge Knight's black BMW 750IL sedan for loud music and no license plates. Plates were in the trunk. They put them on. No ticket. Hey, you're free to go. 11.15 p.m., 15 minutes later, at a stoplight, a four-door white Cadillac pulls up to the passenger side and rapidly fires into the BMW. Tupac is shot four times, once in his arm, once in his thigh, and twice in his chest, and a bullet entered his right lung. Goes to University Medical Center of Southern Nevada and is put on life support. However, he's pronounced dead at 4.03 p.m. September 13th, 1996, at the age of 25. Internal bleeding, respiratory failure, and cardiopulmonary arrest associated with multiple gunshot wounds is the cause of death. Whew, I remember that day. Very, very sad. On July 18th of 2023, four days ago, the Las Vegas Police Department executed a search warrant in connection with Tupac's murder. 
It is still going on as nobody has been charged. In death, Tupac still extremely influential. In 2023, Billboard ranked Tupac number four in the 50 greatest rappers of all time list. 1997, Afeni opened Shakur Family Foundation that renamed to Tupac Amaru Shakir Foundation. It offered training and support for students to aspire to enhance creative talents, sponsoring essay contests, charity events, performing arts day camps for teens, and undergraduate scholarships. So try to do good things under Tupac's name. Also in 1997, University of California, Berkeley offered a class called History 98, Poetry and History of Tupac Shakur. 2003, Harvard University co-sponsored a symposium called All Eyes on Me, Tupac, Shakur, and Search for the Modern Folk Hero. He was named to the Hip Hop Hall of Fame in 2002. 2004, he was a member of the first list of hip hop honors. In 2006, Jada Pickett Smith gave $1 million to their high school that they were alum of and named the new theater in Tupac's honor. In 2021, Pinkett Smith honored Tupac's 50th birthday by releasing a never-before-seen poem that Tupac had written and given to her when he was still alive. June 23, 2010, Dear Mama, one of my favorite songs and one of my mom's favorite songs, was added to National Recording Registry, becoming the third rap song to be listed, added to the registry that happened in 2010. 2015, Grammy Museum opened an exhibition dedicated to him. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in April 7th, 2017. January 2022 exhibition, Tupac Shakur, Wake Me When I'm Free, opened at LA Live, obviously in Los Angeles. May 16th, 2023, this year, Oakland City Council named a section of a street Tupac Shakur Way. June 7th, 2023, he received a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. He's got a star in Hollywood. And if you see any lists anywhere, Tupac's on it. 2002, Forbes Magazine, Tupac was number 10 in the Top Earning Dead Club. That sounds horrible. But what they were trying to say is out of the people that have passed away, he's in the top 10 earnings of those that have passed away. Dead club. That's ridiculous. 2003, NTV viewers ranked Tupac the top MC of all time. 2005, Tupac was named number one on the Vibes poll of 10 best rappers of all time. 2006, MTV staff named Tupac number two greatest MC of all time. 2012, The Source had him number five in the 50 greatest lyricists of all time. I mentioned really like 25, 30 minutes ago. Man, I could talk about Tupac all day, obviously. It's a beautiful thing. He's also an actor. 1991, he was in Nothing But Trouble with Digital Underground. 1992, he starred in Juice. 1993, Poetic Justice with Janet Jackson. 1993, he took to TV with A Different World and In Living Color. 94, one of my favorite movies of all time, Above the Rim. 95, he was in the movie with Snoop Dogg, Murder Was the Case. A TV movie, but it was pretty solid, pretty solid. 1996, released one month after he died, was Bullet. 
1997, Gridlocked came out four months after he had passed away. And in 1997, his last performance for film, for TV, for anything was released gang-related. Archive footage of Tupac is also in other movies. Baby Boy, released in 2001 with Tyrese Gibson. Tupac, Resurrection in 2003. The movie about Notorious B.I.G. called Notorious in 2009. The movie about N.W.A., Straight Outta Compton in 2015. A movie about Tupac, All Eyes On Me in 2017. And then in 2023, Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. There's also portrayals of Tupac in 2001's Too Legit, the MC Hammer movie. 2016, Surviving Compton, which is a documentary about Michelle, a singer with Death Row. There are 18 documentaries about him. In 2023, one came out called Dear Mama. Awards and accomplishments. American Music Awards, 1997. He earned Favorite Hip Hop Artist. For the ASCAP Rhythm and Soul Music Awards, Top Soundtrack Song of the Year in 2005 with Runnin' Dying to Live. That was him in Notorious B.I.G. That was for the movie Tupac Resurrection. 1996, Music of Black Origin Awards gave him Best Video for California Love. In 1996 and 1997, Soul Train gave Tupac Best Rap Album of the Year. 96 was Me Against the World. And 97, after he had passed away, was All Eyes on Me. On Spotify, Tupac as of July 19th, 2023, I looked on July 19th, 25.6 million listeners. That puts him 206th through Spotify. The man was shot and killed in 1996. It is 2023 and 25.6 million people are still listening to Tupac per month. Or at least he's got 25.6 million song listens a month. It may be the same person listened to it 25.6 million times. That is highly impossible. But man, it's been a long time and he's still touching people's lives to this day. Does your driver need a new grip? Seven iron need a new head? Putter need to be replaced? Want to play a simulator during rainy cold days? Sports Boss Golf is your one-stop shop for everything golf. Located at 2950 Kane Road in Leland. Sports Boss has over 10,000 used clubs and new clubs for sale. Owner Mark Wright rebuilds, repairs, replenishes the value of every club in his own shop. Want a Callaway? Sports Boss has it. A Betanardi? Bridgestone? Cleveland? Cobra? Exotics? Crank? Mizuno? Odyssey? Puma? Srixon? TaylorMade? Tor Edge? Wilson? Sports Boss has a partnership with each of those top brands. Check out Sports Boss Golf Shop on Facebook or call Sports Boss Golf at 815-326-9686 or email sportsboss777 at gmail.com to book similar time, inquire about repairing or purchasing clubs, and any other of your golf needs. All Eyes on Me, the album. February 13th, 1996 was the first double disc album in hip hop history. Nobody had done it before. Tupac, the very first. The album has 27 songs, two hours, 12 minutes. 
was produced at Can-Am Studios in LA under Death Row Records, Interscope Records. Tupac's fourth studio album, the last one was released while Tupac was alive. Guest appearances, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Corrupt, Das Dillinger, The Outlaws, Nate Dogg. We all knew that they were on this album. But maybe you didn't know, Red Man, Method Man, E-40, and KC and JoJo also guest appear on this album. Variety of different producers. DJ Quick, Johnny J, Dr. Dre, DJ Bobcat, Das Dillinger, DJ Pooh, Devante Swing. All produce songs on this album. I know Me Against the World, album released a year before from Pac was... You know, iconic. Maybe his best album? To some, I think All Eyes on Me was his best. From front to back, so many songs that you know, I know, everybody knows. Iconic tracks. Songs that will pop on people's top five, top ten. Maybe the greatest song of all time that you've ever heard on this album. And if you had it in CD, the first CD you could play, track after track after track with no skips. Second CD, you could do the same. Are all of them iconic? No, there's a couple in there not so hot. Not the best, but they're better than a lot of other people's best. Just saying, Tupac was great, was a legend, is a legend, an icon, and still one of the best. I don't have him ranked in my top five, but he's definitely in my top ten. Definitely. And this album is in my top five or ten albums. I've never really ranked albums of which I like the best. And you know, by the time I'm done with this Rolling Stone magazine list after you guys thankfully vote for us to see what we listen to next. I might just go ahead and do that and probably put some in this list on here and not just rap and hip hop. There's some albums already in the 400s that I've really, really loved. We are going to break this down when we get halfway through at 250. I'm going to do an episode just talking about the albums listened to and maybe rank them. But a lot of great albums and I know, I know for a fact, a lot more great albums and great artists to listen to. On All Eyes On Me, there were four singles. California Love was released on December 3rd in 1995. It hit number one on the Billboard Top 100 charts and stayed there for eight weeks. Two of America's Most Wanted came out May 7th, 1996. And yes, I heard that last night. Snoop Dogg performed it. He just danced to Tupac's part and then rapped his part. It was awesome. I knew I was going to be talking about this today. And it was just fantastic to hear it. It was was absolutely amazing. How Do You Want It? Released June 4th, 1996. It also hit number one on the Billboard charts. And then September 15th, 1996, right after Pac had passed away, I Ain't Mad At Ya was released. Shug Knight, the CEO of Death Row Records in 1995, was the executive director on this album, Again, signed Tupac to a three-disc deal to get him out of prison. And this double-disc album counted as two. All Eyes on Me charted at number one, the second for Tupac, as Me Against the World did the same a year beforehand. All Eyes on Me sold 566,000 copies in its first week. (laughs) That is a lot of, lot of albums to go in one week. I'm just saying. Certified Diamond in 2014 as it had sold 5 million copies. Each disc in the double album counts as a separate unit 
for certification. The crazy thing was, is All Eyes on Me wasn't even the original title. It was actually Euthanasia, but it was changed. Also, the original release for All Eyes on Me was Christmas 1995, but it was pushed because Tupac was still recording music and videos. In an interview, December 1995, with Bill Bellamy, this is what Tupac had to say. It's called All Eyes on Me. That's how I feel it is. I got the police watching me, the feds. I got the females that want to charge me with false charges and sue me and all that. I got the females that like me. I got the jealous homeboys and I got the homeboys that roll with me. Everybody's looking to see what I'm going to do. So it's all eyes on me. The album was given five stars top rating by the Source Magazine and Double XL. It was also number three on Entertainment Weekly's top 10 albums of 1996. Civil rights activist C. Dolores Tucker sued Tupac's estate in federal court claiming How Do You Want It, the number one chart-topping song, and Wonder Why They Call You the B-Word, inflicted emotional distress, were slanderous, and invaded her privacy. The case was later dismissed. Before I did this, I thought Dr. Dre produced all the songs on All Eyes on Me. Nope, Dr. Dre only produced two, California Love and Can't See Me. Das Dillinger did five, including Ambitions as a Writer and Two of America's Most Wanted. Johnny J did 11, including How Do You Want It and Picture Me Rolling. The crazy thing, I talked about Hit Em Up. There's a couple other songs that are really, really well known that Tupac had recorded at the same time that he was recording the songs that we do know were on All Eyes on Me. Recorded tons of tracks that led to music being released after he passed away on all kinds of CDs. Everybody claims that he was not dead and that he just hid somewhere and he's still making music. No, he made most of it at this time that he was making All Eyes on Me and led to five or six future releases. The dude worked crazy style. So good, so iconic for his time. All Eyes on Me is a masterpiece. 27 songs on the album. I am not going to go too long on these songs. Plus, you've heard or know most of them, especially if you know about Tupac. But I am going to discuss each song. My thoughts of it just won't, you know, go more than a minute for each one. Maybe not even 30 seconds for some of them. Number one, Ambitions as a Rider. Classic intro. One of the best. He starts off with a boom, hit him hard song. And there's four piano keys that are legendary in this that you hear over and over and over as hip hop continues. And the lines about can't do nothing to a G. I won't deny it. I'm a straight rider. You don't want to mess with me. Iconic. Iconic. Number two, All About You featuring Nate Dogg, Snoop, and Yaki Kadifa. Everywhere you go, you see the same girls. They don't say the word girls, but you see the same. Women think it's all about women. It's all about them. They're everywhere. Nate Dogg's voice singing in the song. Classic Nate Dogg. Rest in peace. It's got a couple tracks on this song that he's featured on. And man, 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 is Nate Dogg a legend as well. And then at the end, Snoop Dogg is just talking about, hey, I seen her in this video. 
I seen her in that video, Tupac's video, my video. Then I see her on TV in the March of Dimes. I'm just saying, seeing the same girl absolutely everywhere. Number three, scandalous with Nate Dogg. Same women are scandalous, don't know who to trust. She's just using a guy to get ahead. She's quick to leave, quick to turn her back when it's beneficial to move on elsewhere. Number four, got my mind made up with Das Dillinger, Red Man, Method Man, and Corrupt. The gangster rap harmonizing, the drum beat, the scratching, total 1996-95 vibe. Everybody was feeling it, including me. It's like, hey, I know what I'm doing. You can talk all you want to, say what you want, but I'm going to do what I want to do. My mind's already made up. Number five, How Do You Want It with KC and JoJo. One of Tupac's most well-known songs. It's pretty smooth. A pretty scriptic, well-known lyric in this song goes, Forgive me, I'm a writer. Still, I'm a simple man. All I want is money. F the fame, I'm a simple man. Mr. International, player with a passport. Just like Aladdin, get you anything you ask for. If you tie in Aladdin to a song, it's gold. Six, two of America's most with Snoop Dogg. Snoop's line's iconic. Let me tell you about life and how it is. Whew, nothing but a gangsta party, party. Yeah, and it was played everywhere. And Tupac asking you, how do I live with five shots? It's a classic song. So classic. Seven, no more pain. I love this beat. One of favorites on this album or by Tupac in general. I came to bring the pain hardcore to the brain. Again, iconic. Every hook, every lyric on this you heard before, you've seen before, especially if you're a hip hop fan or a Tupac fan. This album just spews legendary. Tupac is laughing in the background of pretty aggressive, violent lyrics, just laughing. No remorse. He's a savage. Track eight, Hearts of Men. Have to pay attention to all. You know, cool or not cool, you just got to pay attention. There's a sample of Richard Pryor's The Back Down on here, and it ties into it, and it's great. Number nine, Life Goes On, slow, harmonizing, talking about people passing on. There's a heaven for a G. He's got it tatted on his arm, talking about homies from high school or people that he grew up with that are gone and talking about memories of them. I can relate to this very, very, very well. RIP, heavy. Number 10, Only God Can Judge Me featuring Rappin' Forte. Rappin' Forte could have blew up. He was actually pretty solid in the mid-90s. Had a couple albums, but didn't get super mainstream. I mean, it could be because of the name. Rappin' Forte isn't really, you know, very marketable. But he could have did a better or more bigger name for himself. But on this song, he was pretty solid. And it's one of Tupac's realest songs. He's asking questions of what he's supposed to do. Why can't people try to tell him how to live? But if he doesn't live himself, then you're criticizing him. Like it's his life to live. The only person that can say anything about it is God. Number 11 is Trade and War Stories with Storm, Sibo, The Outlaws, and Sipo. West Coast rappers didn't really do much before or after Tupac. Not saying they rode his coattails, but... Sometime there's a group, one person is a bigger star than the rest, the others kind of fit in, they're best friends. 
don't have the public or talents, skills, money-making abilities that the other one has to, and they're kind of on the back seat. That's kind of this crew that are with him. And obviously, it's not war stories about Army, Navy, Vietnam. It's about the streets and family and loved ones being shot, killed, and you're forced to be tough and survive. And how are you going to do that? Probably the least known song, but maybe one of the realest, and there are some cool stories involved in it. 12, California Love with Dr. Dre. If you don't know this song, you've been locked up in a closet your entire life. Just saying. Huge hit featuring whistles, maracas, the Cali sound, the Dr. Dre thumbprint all over it. Oh man, just everywhere you went in the 90s, the 2000s, and now you still hear California Love being played. Well, let me welcome everybody to the Wild Wild West, a state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness. The track hits your eardrum like a slug to your chest. Pack a vest for your Jimmy in the city of sex. Dr. Dre's line <laughs> blew your mind. And I wrote that without even looking it up. Swear, I wrote it down just, and just kept going. Just kept going. Was, oh, I'll get the beginning of the verse in here. The video is insane. Jada Pickett Smith gets credit for the idea behind the video. It kind of had like a Kevin Costner water world feeling to it. But it was a cool video. Great song. Again, I'm going to say this word nonstop when I'm talking about Tupac, California Love, Dr. Dre. Iconic. Okay, hold on, hold on. I can't move on for this song without another little verse from Dr. Dre. I've been in the game for 10 years making rap tunes. Ever since Honeys was wearing Sassoon. Never forget that one either. I could do this all day. I'm going to stop. I'll just write the whole song. Just go listen to it. California Love, Tupac, Dr. Dre. Number 13, I Ain't Mad At Ya with Danny Boy. The last song released as a single that came out two days after Tupac had died, passed away from gun wounds. Tupac and a former friend or a former affiliate, you know, might not be cool anymore. Different ways of life, doing different things. Maybe you did him dirty some way, but he understands life's changed. Sometimes people go their separate ways and he ain't mad at you. 14, what's your phone number with Danny Boy? It's a hookup song. It's quick. Fill up the album song. It's got an 80-ish beat, like 1980s. It's really fast. R&B suits kind of type. And then it's got three minutes of a phone call between Tupac and a girl. Him telling her to get the baby oil out. Just saying. 15, can't see me. This is Tupac being Tupac. He's in your face proclaiming no one can see him. He's going to do what he wants. 16, shorty want to be a thug. Man, I heard this all the time when I was a kid. Here's a lyric that definitely comes out for pretty much everybody. I tell you it's a cold world. Stay in school. You tell me it's a man world. Play the rules. Always about proving yourself and how you're going to do that. In that environment, at that time, you kind of had to be a thug. At least in where Tupac was from, where Tupac was coming from. You want me to stay in school? If I do that, I can't play the rules and I might not survive. 17, holla at me. One of my favorite 1990s hip-hop beats. Love the beat. Soon as I hear one little second of it, I know what song it is. Someone real close to Tupac did him wrong. Now it's time to call you out. Gotta be careful. Can't let the evil of money trap me. So when you see me, you better holler at me. Tupac's, again, iconic chorus. 18, wonder why they call you the B-word. 
women being played, sleeping around. They're being laughed at instead of playing the game smart. Tupac says like, hey, you could have did this. You could have did this, did this, and did the playing yourself. Made the guys look like fools. But instead, you let the game and them play you, and now you wonder why they call you names you don't want to be called. 19, When We Ride, featuring Outlaw Immortals. Uh, It's a posse track, mid-90s gangster. We're coming at you if you're against them. That's it. 20, Thug Passion, featuring Jewel Outlaws. The Storm, the Storm is a member of Outlaw Immortals. 90s, Let's Get Together song, harmonizing voices. There's that 1990s boisterous woman singing in the back which was very, very popular at that time. Good song. And if you know anything about hip-hop, you've definitely heard it. 21, Picture Me Rolling. It's out of prison. People are after him. Will God forgive him? Only have one life to live. He's living in a war zone. A lot of things going on, but he's going to ride right through it and do his thing. Big Sky is verse 2. Sipo is verse 3. And honestly, the best cameos on this LP. Big Psych did really, really well. I think I just called him Big Sky. I've done that before. Big Psych, not Big Sky, and Sipo. The best cameo is on here from guys that are not named Snoop Dogg or Nate Dogg. 22, checkout time. You know, it's time to leave and do what I got to do. Had fun probably talking about women. Okay, he is. It's been fun. I got to go. See you later. 23, rather be your N-word. That's about... The difference between a friend and a lover with a woman and, you know, how that might interrupt relationships and, hey, I'd rather be your friend. I don't want to be your boyfriend. You know, that conversation. 24, all eyes on me with big psych. You know, everyone's watching. Everyone is watching Tupac. Like that quote that he had with Bill Bellamy and why the album named got changed to all eyes on me. He's a thug. A boss player till he dies. Slow, methodical beat. And all eyes on me. And the amount of times that I heard boss player on here. Again, I was 10 when this album came out. But boss player was never really two words that came when you were like describing somebody. Obviously boss, like not even somebody you work for. But hey, what's up boss? Heard that millions of times. What's up player? Heard that a million times. But boss player together... Not really something I heard a lot. Must have been a West Coast thing or a Tupac and his homies thing because they say it a lot. 25, Run the Streets featuring Michelle, Storm, and Muta. I mentioned Michelle earlier. She had a documentary, Storm and Outlaw Immortals, a woman rapper who is actually pretty good. Don't mean actually. She is pretty good. Lady saying, hey, well, wait. Do what you got to do. Go make your money. Go hustle. Come back. I'm going to be here waiting for you. 26, Ain't Hard to Find, would be legit, Sebo, E-40, Richie Rich, just a Bay Area, West Coast track. Slow, street, West Coast, Cali, got that feel. And if you need to find him, you know where he's at. 27, Heaven Ain't Hard to Find. So last two tracks about finding something, 27, Heaven Ain't Hard to Find. And it's not Heaven is like, hey, I'm going to pass away. It's, hey, in a relationship, girl. I can make you feel like heaven, and I can make us feel like heaven. And that's all 27 songs. A little brief explanation or how I relate to them or how I know them. 
But here is the rankings, edge of your seat podcast style on all eyes on me. I literally took a notepad and made sure there was lines in between because 27 songs is hard to rank, especially when a lot of them are iconic, very popular, and I've listened to a gazillion times. So I would write like, hey, this is middle of the pack. Then if I liked it more, I'd put it a couple lines ahead. If I liked it less, and then I wrote them in like that. And then after it, I looked it all through and I'm like, yep, this is the list I want. So we'll start at the bottom, work our way up. And I'm just going to say the number and then list the song. I'm not going to say anything else. Usually I give another little explanation. I'm just going to start from the bottom. I'll list the track and then go up to the, to the top, to the very, very tippy top. So my least favorite song on the All Eyes On Me 1996 double disc album is What's Your Phone Number? Second least favorite, Ain't Hard to Find. Then War Stories. Then Rather Be My N-Word. Then When We Ride. Then Scandalous. Then Run the Streets. It's checkout time. Wonder why they call you the B-Word. Only God can judge me. Thug Passion. Got my mind made up. Heaven Ain't Hard to Find. Can't See Me. How do you want it? I got it 13. I know some people are going to be like, oh my God, why is it higher? There's just, you know, there's like four or five songs like that on here. How do you want it? Thug Passion. Couple others. It was cool. Casey and JoJo is cool. Just, you know, I like some songs better. You know, we listen to music differently. And that's how I feel. At 12, I had Hearts of Men. 11, It's All About You. Another one of those songs that's like, how do you want it? And Thug Passion. Here's my top 10. 10, All Eyes on Me. Number 9, Life Goes On. Number 8, here's going to be another mind blower. California Love. Yes, I love this song. It's, I can write the lyrics without even hearing it or seeing them. But I relate to some of these other songs a little more. Yeah, I know I said I wasn't going to do this, but I had to with California Love and How Do You Want It? Because I know people are going to be like, why isn't it higher? Oh my God, they got them at 8 and 13. Hey, there's a lot of great songs on this album. Number seven, Shorty Wanna Be a Thug. Number six, Holla At Me. Number five, Ambitions as a Rider. Number four, No More Pain. Number three, I Ain't Mad At Ya. Two, Two of America's Most Wanted. In my top track on this album, and probably a top five, I'm not even gonna say top 10. Probably a top five song of my listening, judgment, options, whatever you want to say. Picture me rolling. Man, can I relate to that song more than 97% of songs I've ever heard in my life. There's so many negative people, things, aspects of life that are always coming at you. Doesn't matter what level of life you're at, what your age is, always trying to come at you and you either get swept up you drowned, you can't fight through it, or you roll through it. And it's picture me rolling, picture me moving through all this and doing what I have to do. If you're ambitious and you want to get something out of life, you have to tune all that out and just roll through it. And that's what I hear every single time I hear that song and I use it as a tool. I have been the last 20 years and it's not going to stop. Picture me rolling because I'm going to picture you rolling. I'm all about everybody doing their thing. So I'm picturing you rolling too. The chats you are about to hear from DeKalb cross country coach Mike Wolf and star DeKalb runners Riley Newport and Jacob Barraza are brought to you by Mendota Ford. 
Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town, the staff, general manager, Ski Hartman, and his associate, Jason Hintz, pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five years old and has been with Mendota Ford for three years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for eight years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle of any lot in the Mendota Ford family, Ski and Jason, We'll make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.mendotaford.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. Well, that is a wrap. Thank you for joining us. Edge of Your Seat Podcast, episode 281. We got some amazing conversations with the DeKalb running crew, cross-country coach Mike Wolf, Riley Newport, Jacob Barraza. Man, fantastic season on cross-country courses and track for track and field. They just did an amazing job. We had to have them on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. It was a pleasure speaking with them. And thank you for listening to Bring It Back. We love diving into these albums, even if it's not hip-hop. I know that's my wheelhouse, my genre. That's what I grew up with. That's what I still listen to on a regular basis. But I love listening to other things, too. Believe it or not, I will put a little mark by the album that I think is going to win. And it's not always the hip-hop album on that list at that time that I think is going to win or that I want to win. Sometimes I do want to listen to other things other than the album that is there that is hip-hop oriented. However, with this one, don't really much care for the Pet Shop Boys and the other two I was very unfamiliar with, although afterwards I did check out a song or two and I'm like, hey, I could probably listen to Pavement or LCD Sound System. But it's Tupac. It's All Eyes on Me. It has Picture Me Rolling and a couple other of my favorite songs of all time on here. I'm glad it won. I'm glad I got to listen to it. Put the next poll up very, very, very soon. Probably right after this podcast. 281 is broadcasted to the pod waves. Until next time. Peace. Lots of amazing things happening in Illinois cross country every year. It seems like Illinois breeds runners. I don't know how it happens, but it happens. And certainly it happens in DeKalb. We are joined by members of the DeKalb boys cross country team. We have Riley Newport, Jacob Barraza, and Coach Mike Wolf. Guys, thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Great to be here. Awesome. Let's do a little voice recognition before we continue so people can recognize who is speaking. Riley, say hello. Oh. Jacob, how's it going? Good, how are you? Not too bad. And Coach Mike Wolf. Hey, good to be here, Brandon. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Coach, we'll start with you. I mean, DeKalb always has great athletes, especially runners, and it was no different this year. Riley and Jacob being a huge part of that, but always a good program in DeKalb. Yeah, we're, we're lucky to uh, have uh, strong individuals uh, up at the top this year, uh, definitely with the 
Bradley and Jacob, uh, and we had uh, you know, a strong uh, group of teammates as well uh, down the line. How long have you been with DeKalb Cross Country? Yeah, I just finished uh, the 25th season. I knew it was a while, seen your name before, this is the first time we've ever spoke. But 25 years, I mean, you've seen a lot on the cross-country side of things. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, ups and downs over the years. Uh, I coach both boys and girls, and uh, so that, that's uh, fun in its own right. And it seems like, you know, maybe we have a year where maybe our girls are, are a little bit down, our boys end up being up, or, or so there's, it's always a challenge. How about this year? I mean, with Riley and Jacob, and we'll get to their accomplishments. I mean, tearing it up in the postseason, tearing it up in the regular season. I mean, having runners like that kind of makes your job a little easy, doesn't it? I told myself a number of times this season not to take it for granted. Uh, with Riley coming in after such a strong junior year, with he had very high expectations, and, and uh, again, he took care of uh, business over the course of the season with these invites and these races. Uh, and then Jacob uh, really kind of coming to life uh, about midway through our season and getting very strong for the second half of the season. Uh, you know, it, it's it's fun when you know you've got uh, one guy and, and at the end of the season two guys that could be up near the front of, the, of every race we went to. And with, you know, talent like that, obviously they can run, they know what they're doing. What do you do to try to, you know, improve their season, make better? Do you give adjustments? Are you a tough coach? What is your way to, you know, help everything come together? We kind of take the season as it comes. We don't uh, look it down at the end of the season, right at the beginning. We kind of just take it week by week and uh, you know take a look at individual goals as we're moving along, uh, invite to invite. You know, but we're always taking a look at trying to tweak things. Uh, you know, Riley ran a number of races where we knew that he'd be pretty much on his own. Uh, so we try to work on some individual things, maybe a quicker first mile or, or a quicker last mile, or, or working on uh, you know uh, some quicker turns or stuff like that. You know, so we always had an objective whenever we're racing. Uh, it's not always just in order to run the fastest time. Uh, maybe we'll work on some things that we would need later in the season. Awesome. Anything else you want to say about your boys before I get to them, Coach Wolf? No, no. Talk to you guys. It'd be great. Awesome. Riley Newport, what a season you had. I mean, it's your senior season. The cliche going out with a bang. I believe you did that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was happy with it. Uh, obviously, would have probably like to finish a little bit higher, but still happy with how it went, happy with how the season kind of progressed. So you finished first in the regional, first in the sectional, and then seventh at state. I mean, besides winning a state title, I don't know how your season could have been much better. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, it was a lot of fun. Kind of like Coach Will said, don't take it for granted. I was be my last year of high school cross country. I definitely tried to take each race, like, uh, it was almost my last race, and so I kind of came with that mentality, and it was, it was a fun season just to be a part of. What was it through this season? Obviously, you had a great junior season. What was it about this season that made it that much better? Yeah, I think definitely kind of embodying just taking it one week at a time. Now you don't have to come in at August looking at the state meet. I think just coming in and having an expectation just get to work in every day and the results will come, will come, especially in August, just kind of the dog days of summer, just getting a lot of good training in, and that will lead to success later. At the same time, just taking every race, like it's just another Saturday. Even when it comes to the state meet, it's just another Saturday. It's kind of that mentality kind of just – propelled me to kind of be successful. I think just it didn't make any one me too big or one me too small. When you won the regional and won the sectional, what's going through your head as you're winning these, you know, tough meets, tough races, and then you get to state, finish in the top 10. I know, obviously, like we said, want to win a state championship, but a top seven finish is amazing. What's going through your head as you're doing these things? Yeah, just very fortunate, I think, to have, to be able to, like, have such a good high school career and have, uh, such a strong high school coach, obviously. I definitely want to win a state title, but it was definitely, um, it was definitely a fun season. I kind of just went through my head. was just kind of want to get a team to state, obviously, 
And so that was kind of the over the big goal. Unfortunately, we weren't able, weren't able to do that, but we were really close. So I think kind of just going in my head was kind of just doing what I need to do to help the team get to state. And then once the state beat, kind of came just to take care of business there. Sorry about that. Our, our school day just ended. Uh, no, no worries. Hey, school bells, they happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. What got you into running and racing, Riley? Was this something that you've always wanted to do, or just one day you're like, hey, maybe I'll try it? Um, I kind of just tried it in sixth grade and had some success in sixth grade, and I just kind of liked it. I'm like, like the sport. So middle school got into it. You're like, hey, I kind of like this. Let's keep it going. Yeah, and then kind of that the high school program was so strong. Uh, that summer camp, which is like the middle schoolers come to and stuff, uh, it was a really good team and came out as freshmen. So. I definitely was excited to come in, and that was kind of, looking back now, it's kind of weird to think how quick it all went. Those four years in high school fly by, man. Yeah, it's, like, we, we'll talk about, like, previous seasons, and I, like, I remember it's, like, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, because they all kind of just blend together as one big season. It seems like it goes by so fast. Yeah, four years, it just seems like one season. Definitely, definitely. With this year's senior season and having a guy like Jacob next to you, did that help you become a better runner or better times, you know, pushing you in practice and things of that nature? Yeah, it was definitely nice to have him in practice because he can, he can run with me. And it's nice to have someone who's kind of not like-minded, but like kind of similar. It was the same things, but it's also been fun to kind of have a younger presence who is doing great things. So I think it's definitely unique to have someone like him. It's, it was a very cool experience to have him. So brief summary, your senior season was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Could end a little bit better, I guess, but it was still pretty. It was still pretty amazing. Well, congratulations on everything you were able to do, Riley. Seems like you had a great season, and again, a regional sectional title. Those don't come easily. So, good job, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jacob. What a season you had, too. Yeah, thank you. What year are you at DeKalb? Uh, I'm a sophomore. So, a sophomore who finishes second at the regional second at sectional behind Riley, and then 27th at state. I mean, for a sophomore, again, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, thank you. What was it about this season? I mean, it's only your second in high school. You know, you're trying to learn your body as you're, you know, getting older, learning courses, learning cross-country. What was it that, you know, propelled you to be, you know, so good your sophomore year? You know, all my coaches and uh, my teammates have really helped me. Uh, my freshman year in um, cross country, I wouldn't say I was the best, but I was definitely working up with all the seniors and juniors who helped me out. And then at track, I feel like I really um, made that next step. And then I just brought it to high school and did the best I could for cross country. When you're finishing as high as you did, what was going through your head? You're like, man, am I really doing this? Yeah, I, I think that sometimes I'd look at the clock and be like, well, I can't believe I really did go that fast or how close I was to Riley at certain points of the race. I always thought that was pretty cool. Did Riley help you become better? Like he said, yeah, having somebody that can run with me helped. Did that, you know, work for you as well? Yeah, of course. I'd always want to, you know, get as close to him as possible, just learn from him, everything he does, because obviously he had a great senior season and I just want to learn from him. Um, I'd say he's a really big mentor towards me. Um, even in practice, I'd say I always just want to, you know, just compete with him and all that. Moving forward, I mean, you got two more years of high school. I'm guessing you're going to stick with cross country. Yeah, cross country and track. 
There you go, there you go. What are some things that maybe you've learned from Riley or the coaches, you know, to help you improve? What are some training things or some things that you're doing personally to improve yourself on the tracks? I just think to be confident while I'm running. Don't be nervous, you know, go out there and try your best and you know you can go that fast is what I'd say. Gotcha. Do you ever think like, hey, uh, not saying you'd be in trouble or anything, but when you're trying to run fast, like, hey, I got to run for the police or I got to run to steal cookies out of a cookie jar. Anything like that? No, just trying to work my way up as best as possible. Definitely. I was not good at cross country at all, but I would run cross country to get in better shape for basketball. And I kept telling myself, like, hey, I'm running from a girlfriend that doesn't like me or something like that. And that made me <laughs> run faster. So maybe that worked for you in the future. Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> I'll think about it. <laughs> uh, perfect, perfect. Well, congratulations on a great season, Jacob. Again, finishing second right behind Riley. Big props to you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah a lot of great questions. Yeah, I try, I try. I have nothing else to do with my life except ask good questions, <laughs> so it works out. Enjoyed every second in this conversation, talking cross-country with DeKalb representatives, Coach Mike Wolf. Senior Riley Newport and sophomore Jacob Barraza. Thank you guys and congratulations on a fantastic season. Thanks for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thanks a lot. Thank you.